Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. to worship you. In this moment, in this hour, this passing chronos as light ascends and darkness fades away and illuminates the space that I'm in and synchronizes with the space in my heart, I take stage and harmonize with the great symphony of birds and crickets and other creatures that are already as one in praise to you. I choose to worship you not because I'm led to, but because you said to and you bled to. And I know that my total praise and adoration and admonition to you is the only true expression of my gratitude. And so my praise is never dictated by my mood. And I could go on, but I'd have to charge off for the rest. I discovered while I was away a gift that God gave me a long time ago. And it was poetry, and, and, and back in the day, young people don't judge me, I used poetry for all the wrong reasons. I used it to take advantage of women, to be honest with you. But God reminded me that I gave you that gift, and even with that gift that I gave you, I can make it redeemable so that you can praise me. And while I was on the Amtrak train between New York City and Baltimore, I just began to reflect on my mornings with God. And each morning, it's me, the crickets, and the creatures that God created. They're already singing praise to God. They're already making their noise. They're already in worship to God. I just so happen to jump in, and then I start worshiping with them. And God reminded me of that, and all of a sudden, my pen just came out, and I just started writing. And by the time I was finished, I came up with something. That's just a little bit. I'll share more later on. I share that with you all for a reason. One of the key lines there is, I choose to worship you, not because I'm led to, but because you said to. Not because I'm led to, not because, not, not because the amazing worship leader that we have here, praise God for that family. Not, not because he's leading me, but because, God, you said to worship you. God, you created us, oh my goodness, to worship you. He didn't create us to go out there and get the best job in the world and make a whole lot of money and do nothing good with it. He created us to worship him with everything within us. I'm not preaching yet, but I'm trying to set y'all up to where we're going to go today and understand that God created us for a reason. He created us for him, to worship him, to praise him, to, 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 to reconcile our brothers and sisters who are apart from him back to him. And that is also a form of worship. And so today... We're going to talk about this a little bit further. When it comes to expressing our worship, what we do on the inside is a key reflection of what's taking place on the, I'm sorry about that, what we do on the outside 
is a key indication of what's happening on the inside. In other words, when we get in the presence of God, and if we're just not participating in what's happening in worship, then that, that says to, to, to God, not the public, but to God, that there's nothing occurring on the inside. We sang a song that they're talking about King David, and if you read your, your Bible and go to the Old Testament, you'll see that King David worshiped God. And I think this is a man of royalty. This man had status. He was the king, but he, he, he loved God so much. He worshiped God so hard that he came out of his clothes. Can you imagine worshiping God so hard that you were in your underclothes in front of people that, 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 that you pay, people on your payroll? They get to see you uh, all jacked up in praise of God, but David didn't care. And God is saying, this is why he's the only man in the entire Bible that God says, he's a man after my own heart. Why? Because he didn't care who was around. He didn't care what was going on. He did not care. All he cared about was making sure that God received the right response to what was going on in the inside of him. He wanted to make sure that God, I want you to see that you are actually turning some things around on the inside of me and it's so big, so bodacious, so wonderful, and so radical, I just got to let it out in how I do it. And that made me me dancing on out of my clothes, but I just want to show you just how powerful what you're doing on the inside of me is happening. So here's my outward expression of what's happening internally. And I'm praying that at the end of this series that that gets to you now. Please keep your clothes on. I ain't God and I don't need to see your business. But it's okay to sing off key to God. It's okay to raise your hands and, 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 and jump around. It's okay to, listen, nobody, listen, only you know why you're doing that. Nobody don't know about your yesterday, your day before yesterday, your last year, but you know. You know what God brought you through. You know what God brought you to. You know what he's done through you. And, and this is why we praise him the way we do. And this is why David did it. This is why David danced out of his clothes and stuff. Out of the overflow of our heart, we speak, we sing, we dance, we raise our hands, we kneel, we bow. God reveals and we respond. Out of the overflow of our heart, that should be our outward expression. We don't have to sit there, mm. amen. Go ahead and give him that. Because if, if that's all you got, then that means that's all he's done. And if God has only done that for you, then that's a lie. It's a fallacy. You and I both know God has done way more for you, and he deserves it. Like I said, you know, last week, if you were here, you saw me jump all up on the stage you know, rolling around, acting crazy. Because many of us do that for our favorite sports team. And God is saying, you do that for them, and they haven't, they haven't protected you from your enemy. They have not fed you. Uh, they have not paid your bills. They have not saved you from, from, the, from the terrors of the enemy. They haven't done anything for you. Matter of fact, they caused you heartache with every loss that they've given you. And you shout for them like crazy. But you won't do that for me, and I've given you life and life abundantly. I've written out the plans I have for you, and I promised you that they would be good and not for bad. But yet, all you give me is. And he said, I want way more than that. I'm not going to re-preach that, but I, I, this, is what, this is what I'm trying to get into you. This is so important to me. Watch this. Let's go to the, let's, let's, let's jump to the, to the Bible for a second. If you have your Bible, meet me over in John 4. 
Meet me over in John 4. And this is the story of uh, Jesus. He, he encounters this woman at the well. She's a Samaritan woman. Jump, meet me over at John 4. We're going we're gonna to read it. We're going to start at um, verse 20, 21 and go down to 24. Jesus replied, Believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him, for salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming. Indeed, it's here right now when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father, watch this, he is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Now, this woman that he met at the well, you know, she was kind of surprised because he had just read her her business. He's like, listen, woman, go home to your husband. And she's like, wait, I don't have no husband. He says, you know, I know you, you know what, you're right, you don't. You, you've had five, and the guy you're living with now, he ain't even your husband. She's like, oh, man, you, you, you must be a prophet to know all my business. And if you are a prophet, then that means you are Jew, uh, you are Jewish. And, and so can you explain to me why is it that, that the Jews say that this, you know, in order for us to re- receive this or that, it, it only comes through Jewish people and through uh, Jerusalem. And, and, and then the Samaritan woman's like, well, we, we worship on Mount Gerizim, which is where the street I live on, ironically. And, and, and Jesus is like, listen, it ain't about where. <laughs> it ain't about where you worship. It's not about location. You're missing it, sister. It's about your heart. It's not about where you worship. Or God is looking for people who will worship him now in spirit and in truth. So he's correcting her and telling her that. Let me tell you something, y'all. It don't matter where. It don't matter who, what your background is. Humanity was created to worship God. If you're taking notes, that's your first note. All of humanity was created to worship God. All of humanity was created to worship God. But, 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 Pastor, what does it mean to worship God in spirit and in truth? Explain that part because that's kind of over my head a little bit. All right, I got you. I'm glad you asked. Let me explain it to you. God our Father is spirit, and the object, subject, and focus of our worship Let me say that again, just briefly. He is the object, subject, and focus of our worship. So you mean it's not the song we were singing? That's not the focus of worship. It's not not the message that you preach. That's not the focus of worship. The focus of our worship is God and God alone. Our Father is the Spirit. God is, watch this, this is what we should be thinking about, that God is omnipresent. That's one of the truths of God. He is everywhere. This is what he tells this woman. You think that, uh, that, that God is only on Mount Gerizim? And, and, and we don't say that he's only in Jerusalem. He is omnipresent. He is everywhere. He's at Walmart. He's at Kroger. He's at Publix. He's at Whole Foods. God is everywhere. He's at the library. He's at the car wash. God is everywhere. He's at the strip club. Amen, somebody. 
God is everywhere. There's a church that I know of, and, and, and I say that for a reason. There's a church that I know of, a very, very, it's a mega church, phenomenal church, phenomenal man of God. They built the church right next to one of the largest adult entertainment sites in America, right? And right next to this spot, right next to it, they built this church. And, and it was crazy because people were like, why are you doing that? And so at first, the pastor would walk around the adult entertainment establishment with all of the congregants of the church and be praying for the people, uh, be praying that God would change change that church, change that, not the church, but the building, the adult entertainment facility. But then God convicted that pastor and says, no, you need to be praying for them, praying for their hearts, praying because you don't know what their struggle is, praying for that uh, transformation to occur. And all of a sudden, watch what happened. All of a sudden, what, they were, what the church decided to do was create a little bit of a halfway house in the back of their church so that those who are working in that industry next door, like if they wanted to give their life to Christ and not be judged by their peers, they could do that and stay at this halfway house. Some of them were escaping trafficking. Some of them were escaping abuse. Some of them were escaping pimping. They were escaping some major things, and they had no safe haven, so the church created a safe haven for them. Once they changed how they were praying for the situation, God began to change the hearts of the people that were in the situation. Y'all walking with me? They provided food for these sisters uh, that were in this situation so that if they came off there, they would, they would get something to eat at, by going to the church. They stayed in that place. And to this very day, women are changed that are in this industry. Listen, they, they come to this church. They are professionals. They've gone on to get degrees. Some of them are in Bible college, and they go right back to that same place and say, look at me. The same people I was on the stage with and people were doing tip drills for, look at me now. You can change if I can change. And that church stayed right there, and people's lives are being changed as a result. We've got to change our prayer focus. We've got to change our prayer focus. God is everywhere. He is omnipotent. He is all-powerful. There is nothing that can beat God on earth or in any universe or in any galaxy. He is all-powerful. He don't care how weak you are. He does not care how unqualified you are. He gives you the power. He qualifies you. God is all-powerful. God is omniscient. He knows everything you mean that little thing I did he know he knew about it he knew you were gonna do it he knows everything watch this I'm gonna help somebody this morning you might be worried about something today but God already knows the outcome tomorrow Far too often we preach this whole thing about victory. God, we, we, we wanna, we're trying to seek the victory. We want to get the victory over the enemy. And God says, stop asking for victory. You should be in a posture. You, you live in a posture of victory. You have already, we're already victorious. Don't ask for something I've already given you. The fight is fixed. Did I tell you that I know the plans that I have for you or they are good? Did you not catch that part? So why are you looking for victory when you are victory? Oh, man, somebody let that go right over their head. That's okay. Catch it later on. Listen to the podcast. It'll catch up with you. To worship God in spirit means that we worship him not just in the outward, but from the heart. Again, the voluntary nature of worship comes into play. God only has, watch this, God only has, he only has us if he has our heart. Your body's not enough. He only has us 
if he has our heart. You showing up and following instructions, you might as well just do Simon Says or the Hokey Pokey. It's no difference. Lift your hands up, turn yourself around. That's what it's all about, Hokey Pokey. But God is saying, if I got your heart, nobody has to tell you to lift your hands. God is saying, if I had your heart, nobody has to tell you. You don't have to wait for lyrics to be on the screen. You can begin to sing praises unto me. However, the utterances come out of your mouth, I will receive them. If I have your heart, I don't need many things. Watch this. Ooh, man, I'm going to step on my own feet. If I have your heart, I don't need the pastor telling you how I need your heart. Now, I love my job, y'all, so don't get no ideas. But that's the truth. God wants our heart. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. The word worship. (laughs) The word worship in the Greek is transferred to proskeneo. Proskeneo. And that very word in this word right here, when you, when you look at the word worship in this particular text, in this particular pericope, if you will, the, the word worship, proskeneo, translated, means to kiss the hand of someone in reference. To kiss the hand of someone in a posture of reverence. And God is simply saying, will you kiss me with your heart? I was, I was uh, with a couple, and they told a story the other day about their first encounter, and, and uh, they hugged, and, 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 you know, they were not in a relationship yet, but there was maybe some chemistry, and the brother, you know, went to hug her, and he accidentally kissed her on the neck. And God is saying, I want that same kind of kiss to know that you're interested in being with me. I want you to kiss me to know that you appreciate me. I want that kiss to know that, that, that I matter to you. I want you to kiss me, not, 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 because, not because just for, for show, but I want you to kiss me knowing that, that, that what I've done for you is a big deal. The fact that I sent my son to live among you and then he died a sinless, uh, he, he, he died and took death. Does that matter enough that you would kiss me? Just give me a kiss just so I know that you reverence me, you appreciate me. Oh, man, that's, that's good. When I read that, I got excited. Revelation 4.11 says this, God, you are worthy, O Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things, and they exist because you created what you pleased. Watch this. You all know there's a difference between creating something and making something. The Bible says that God created the heavens and the earth, but he made man in his own image. The Bible says he created the heavens and the earth, but he made man in his own image. Okay, where are you going with this, Pastor B? To create something means you take something, you're making something out of absolutely nothing. You have no tools to put together. You just simply says, light, and there it is. Earth, I'll put you there. Saturn, there's there. Pluto, forget what the scientists say. I know what I created. I'll put it there. Y'all can name it, figure it out, find new galaxies. Y'all find you. There's galaxies y'all don't even know about because I'm God and I created it. It's there. But for us, but, but, but when it came to man, he made us. 
He made us. He, he made it. Watch this. He didn't just make us. Some of y'all say, yeah, we know he, he made us from, from clay. He made us from dirt. No, 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 no. He made us from him. That's the part y'all miss. It says, God made man in his own image. Don't miss the, the part that he made us from him. Not from dirt. Dirt was there. That was just one of the two. But he made us like him so that he could have us with him. He wants us to connect with him. And naturally, because he created us in his own image, he knows what he's planted in us so that we can always be connected to him, our heart to his heart. He made us from him. Man, that's y'all, y'all had some good stuff. I studied this stuff, man. I thought y'all were going to get some of this stuff. Like in my notes, it says right there, there, it says shout, like all caps, shout. I need to show y'all my notes or something. Y'all missed that one. Dang, that was good. All right. Maybe it was exciting to me. There's three ways to worship. I'm not going to hold you much longer. There's three ways to worship. Number one, worship that gives praise upward. There's worship that gives praise upward. Psalms 156 says this, Let everything that breathes sing praises to the Lord. Praise the Lord. As I said in my snippet of my wonderful new creation, my new poem that I was writing, that I get up and the birds are already up before us. I often wonder, is there a leader that leads them to sing to God? I often wonder if birds have the cognitive thought like we have to think about how God provided for them, how he allowed the earthworm to come out the ground and there was a meal right there for the bird. I, I often wonder that. Right now, it's funny, at my house, we were trying to figure it out, and, and Mark, I figured out what it was. At my house on my porch in the corner, if you've been to my house, you have an L-shaped porch, and in the corner on uh, the little uh, lift there, there was something there. And it was like brown, and it was in a ball, and we couldn't figure it out. My wife thought it was perhaps a, a web or a, a, a spider, or uh, uh, we thought it may have been a bat. And uh, it's sitting there in that corner. And I says, uh, I get up close to it, and no, it wasn't a bat. It's a bird. And his, can I tell you how I found it was a bird? Watch this. I got up this morning, because I want to figure out what this thing is. I hate bats. I got a bad bat story, and I'm, we just don't get along. They're just rats with wings, and I don't like rats. And anyway, so I get up early in the morning, every morning. I'm like 5 o'clock in the morning. It's still dark outside, so I turn the porch light on, and it's there. And so I open my blinds, and I says, I'm going to keep watching it. I go back. I read a little bit, make my tea, and I'm looking. The light, as the lights come up, I see the bird. Sticks his chest up shimmies a little bit, kind of looks around, and he takes off flying and is chirping away. He goes right immediately into worship, right into worship, chirping away, shook off his, his night and went on about his business. That's how I found out it was a bird. I was like, oh, thank you, Lord, because I don't like bats. Me and this bat going to have a beef. But the birds know what to do. The birds, I, I, I often wonder, what are, do they have a thought pattern when they're worshiping? Are they thinking about their blessings? Or are they just doing it naturally because God created them? Everything that has breath 
Praise the Lord. The crickets that are up, making this noise, which drives me crazy. But I realize they're worshiping. I dare you this evening to just sit outside quietly and listen to how all of these different things are already in sync with God in praise. Nature would say, oh, no, they're, 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 it's the mating call or their courting call. And I'm like, that's a whole lot of mating because they do this every single season. That's, that's not true in my opinion. That every night, I'm like, they're getting it in. They're worse than rabbits. It, it, there's something else going on. I think this, I firmly believe in my heart of hearts that they are worshiping the great creator that created them. And, and, and we need to do more of that and stop worshiping T.I. and, and, and uh, uh, what is his name? The, the, the poppy dude? What the, what's his name? Um, the light-skinned dude, his little tag is something poppy. What, Drake, that's his name. But he's got his tag is something poppy. Stop worshiping Drake and stop worshiping the, uh, the sports teams and start worshiping God. I mean, I'm, really, if our jam comes on, we in a whip like, rolling window down. You want people to hear you singing your jam. God is like, sing my jam. Sing my jam. Sing that to me. Give me that praise. Amen. Am I talking to anybody this morning? Y'all getting some of this? Listen, God's not concerned with the sound of your voice. He's concerned with the posture of your heart. He's not concerned with how well you sing. He wants to know how well your heart beats for him. Ooh, that's good to me. If it was talent, watch this. If it was talent that God sought after, Lucifer would still be our worship leader. If, if God was interested in talent... Lucifer would be our worship leader. Oh, y'all don't know your Bible. Let me tell you about this guy named Lucifer. The guy was so well-versed in worship, he was made out of instruments. The man had a horn. He was made out of instruments. There were three main angels. He was the one that was in charge of worship over all of the angels. He was the, he, his voice was crazy, incredible. He could sing like it was an orchestra of them in one way, be one voice. And if he was there, I'm trying to. And if it was, and if it was all about talent, then Lucifer would be still our worship leader. But God says, I don't care about your talent. I had talent and I kicked that to the curb. But give me your heart, baby, and me and you can go a long way. Oh man, I'm preaching this morning. Y'all not listening to me. Number two. There's number one is worship that gives praise upward. Number two is worship that receives instruction from above. Let me explain that. Prayer is a form of worship. Believe it or not, prayer is a form of worship. We, we don't just go we, 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 to God and say, asking God for stuff and God do this, God, God I need this, God. No, it's, it's a form of worship. When we pray, sometimes we need, most of the times we need to be praising. I never start, I don't care. People listen, people ask me for prayer all the time. I mean, I'm talking about for like, listen, I'm going to die tomorrow type stuff. Can you pray for me, pastor? And the first thing I do is start with thank you. Thank you, God. For this opportunity. Thank you. That is worship. That is praise unto God. I don't care what the prayer request is. It's always first and foremost, thank you. 
Before I do like this, I'm like this. My hands are up and surrender unto God before I have my hands out saying, give me, give me, give me. God is saying, I need people that will worship me in spirit and in truth. And in order to receive my truth, you need to be worshiping me through your prayer. Worship me through your prayer. Thank me first before you start asking me for anything. When was the last time we had a conversation? Y'all ever, y'all ever have people in your life like that? Y'all don't have to say their name. They might be sitting next to you. Where you haven't seen them in a long time. I had somebody do that not too long ago. I hadn't seen them in forever. When I say forever, I literally mean forever. It was almost like, when was the last time we talked? Like in the 90s? How do you find me anyway? And first thing come out their mouth was, hey, I see that, uh, you know, you, 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 you're doing this or you're doing that. Or, oh, it was, I see that you, uh, I, somebody told me you was doing real estate. And I hadn't done real estate in several years. And I'm like, no, I'm not. But listen, what I was, at, what I was wondering is, if, can you hook me up? Because I'm moving down to Atlanta and, uh, you know, I'm be looking for a job. And, you know, can you hook me up with somebody that can train? I'm like, when was the last time we talked? Last time we talked, like, like, like. There was still good hip-hop. No offense, young people. I'm going to try. <laughs> Last time we talked... Oh, come on. I ain't going to get... And here you are. Yeah, see? Even he knows he says I'm dating myself because he knows the last time was when we had good hip-hop. You know, my generation is last era. You know, when hip-hop was... Really good to enjoy. No, no, no offense, young people. Hey, Amen. Come on now. Thank God for that old school hip hop station that they created here in Atlanta. Come on, Hallelujah. Now we can't get him more praise than we give God, but boy, I do enjoy it. <laughs> but honestly, hadn't talked to the person since the '90s or something, and here you are, out of the blue, got my number from God knows where, and you're saying, "Hook me up." And God is saying the same thing. When was the last time you actually got on your knees and just said thank you? When was the last time you and I engaged in dialogue and it was all about how grateful you were for all that I had done for you? When was the last time you and I had some one-on-one conversation and all you did was talk about how worthy I am of receiving the praise from you? How often do you and I get together? And when we finally get together, you're like this. God, you know what? I don't come to you often. God's like, I know. And, but I need, I knew that too. And, and I'm not saying that God won't give you. God will still bless you. I'm I'm dead serious. God will still bless you just to show you like, yo, even though you weren't there, even though you and I don't talk, you are my son. You are my daughter. I'm going to hook you up anyway, because that's what I do. That's what I do. All right. Here, here's a third point, man. This is getting good, man. I'm going to preach this to myself. Go ahead, brother. Keep preaching. Amen, brother. Number three, worship that carries out instructions to the world around us. Wait, so you mean that, that when we worship, we got to do something afterward? You mean that after we worship, after we sweat, after we shout, after we do all these things, there's, we got work to do? Absolutely. Absolutely. Our, there's one mission in our faith. And, 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 and it begins with a two-letter word. Say it again. Come on one more time. Or you're going to preach this thing for me, Will. 
You're going to preach this thing for me. Go. 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 That's the one mission. Go. Not stay. Go. Because what happens here, here, I was telling somebody the other day, I really want us to be that actual acts church where, where, where we come together as believers. The Holy Ghost comes up on us and changes our hearts. And then we, then we go. Because why? That's what God said. That's what God said. Because watch this. If you come and get what you need to get from God, oh, I got to get mine. It's self-serving. It's consumeristic. Oh, I, I was fed today. That was good for me. But who did you share it with? If it was good for you, I guarantee somebody right next to you is going to be good for too. Somebody three doors down is going to be really good too. And probably in your family, it's going to be really, really good too. You can't keep it to yourself if it's good to you. Somebody else needs to know how great it can be for them. You need to go and share it with them. The instructions, my brother and sister, is plain and simple. To go. And here's the thing. We need all three types of worship. We need all three types of worship. Watch this. If we only focus on praising God and not listening, then we have to question if we actually believe the stuff that we're singing about. If we only, if we, <laughs> that's good. If we only focus on hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, and, and we're not listening to God saying, now go take, take all of this that I'm giving you. Take this refueling that I'm giving you and go do something good for somebody else. If we don't do that, then it's like us just being a part of a country club. We're members of a country club. We've paid our dues. We get to come on Sunday and have all we want, have some good coffee, have some good food, have some good work, have some good worship, see the girl, a guy that we think is cute. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> I knew somebody would agree at this place. And then we go about it, and then we wait till the next week to do it again. And I don't want no country club church. That's not what God wants. He wants a church that will, will take on the mandate to actually go. Do you know that every time we go, watch this, every time we go and we, we, we're going with a flag in our hand and we're, we're reclaiming territory that the enemy has stole from us. Every time we go, we're pulling back territory that the enemy has stolen from us. Because every time we go, we're speaking to somebody. We're speaking life into somebody. We're speaking death away from them. And every time we go, we're reclaiming that person and in essence also reclaiming that territory that the enemy has stole. And we take this flag, this banner of Christianity and stomp it right in the ground and say, this land is claimed for the kingdom of God. But we can't claim territory if we sit and not Thank you. Y'all going to preach this thing for me today. Amen. I like the way y'all preach. Amen. Worship should affect our behavior, my brothers and sisters. Worship should affect our behavior. It speaks of who we serve with our lives. It speaks of who governs our lives. Worship is more than just praising with words. As sincere as the words may be, it's more than that. It means more than acknowledging God's greatness. To worship God means to become devoted to God because of his greatness and to become governed by his greatness. Listen, we live for him. Here's my question. Here's my question to you all. Are you responding to God in spirit and truth? Is your lifestyle that of a worshiper? 
I'm going to help you all today. I'm going to give you all a simple test. You don't have to do it right now. There's no pass or fail. It's private. You keep it to yourself. Only you and God know. Ask yourself these three questions. Does your life glorify God? Uh, does your life, your lifestyle, does it build up the body of Christ? Does your life, your lifestyle, help others be what God created them to be in the world? Now, you answer those questions internally. And if you've answered no to any of them, you need to begin to pray that God would release you from whatever it is that's holding you back from doing those things. Pray to God that he would release you from whatever the bondage is that's holding you back from doing those things because our lifestyle needs to glorify God. People need to see everything that we do, every word that we say, be tied to the glorification of a God who saved you and I. They need to see in our everyday lifestyle that everything that we do adds to the body of Christ, adds to it. They need to see that we care about building others up through Christ. People need to see that. The worship team can come. They need to see these things. They need to see these things in you. Your lifestyle needs to represent the lifestyle of a true worshiper. John Piper says this, and I'm done. I love this quote. I found it the other day while I was reading. John Piper says this. He says, there are two great uh, passions in the universe. There are two great passions in the universe. There's God's passion to be glorified, and then there's man's passion to be satisfied. There's God's passion to be glorified. Then there's man's passion, that's earthly, that's you and I, our passion to be satisfied. And watch this, this is what he says. He says, however, these two do not need to conflict. They can come to simultaneous fulfillment through worship. Because God is most glorified in me when I am most satisfied in him alone. Ooh, that's good. So good it gave me chills, Will. Our desire and passion for satisfaction can only come from one source. Can only come from one source. And that's God Almighty. Everything else we receive is happiness. And if you don't know, happiness is fleeting. What does that mean? It means happiness comes and it goes. But the joy of the Lord is forevermore. I worship to you and come. Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor B said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others. Our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.